0: Obviously, you're not a golfer. What kind of beer do you like? Heineken!
1: Fuck that shit! Pack, spoon, ribbon!
0: You take drugs, Danny? Every yeah. day. Good. So, what's the problem? I don't know. Really, 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 really well. I drink your milkshake! I drink it up! so bitch. You stole mine you're a
2: candle <laughs> <laughs> all right you guys ready to roll let's do it let's do it argyle we are uh cooped up here in the studio i think we all know what a tv dinner feels like am i right yeah
1: (laughs) that line confused me
3: (laughs) how i don't (laughs) i don't see why you're confused by that
1: (laughs) like like he's in a microwave or something no he's in a very tight space yeah it just seemed like a weird thing to say
2: he feels like a tv dinner like those, the containers are tiny, and everything's cramped together and packaged I
1: guess. tightly. I, I just think he could come up with a better analogy for guess, that situation. Even like yeah,
3: let's, let's see you come up with a better analogy. I guess when you're, <laughs> up, up, when yeah. you're in a, a, a vent with a guy trying to put holes in you
1: <laughs> while you're barefoot and running from terrorists. He was under a bit of stress at the time. Can't blame him too much. After falling about three stories
3: in a, in a ventilation duct chat.
2: <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's get into it. Welcome back to WTM Watch This Movie. I am Eric Mulder.
0: So he says
3: wrecked him, damn near killed him.
2: Damn near. Joining Ooh. me today is Mr. Positivity, Brett. Here I am.
0: Well, I just feel that we're all made exactly the way we're supposed to be. Oh, no, hey, I'm I'm a Christian, and you ain't gonna sit there and blame God for how you look, okay?
2: Also joining us today is Jason, kneeling.
0: Hi. Hi. I'm very important. Uh, I have many leather-bound books, and my apartment smells of rich mahogany.
2: (laughs) Jason popped his cherry with this movie. He had never seen Die Hard before. Yes, that's a way to say it. <laughs> it is. It's the way I I chose to say it. <laughs> yep, you sure did. Couldn't come up with anything better than that ooh, analogy? Ooh, ooh. <laughs> uh, yeah. I chose Cherry Poppin' Daddies. Mm-hmm. Okay?
1: You did. <laughs> uh, yeah, first time seeing Die Hard. <laughs> heard a lot now, about it. Now that you say that, Cherry like that, Daddies. It, it,
3: it, I think of it very much differently now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess now, but...
2: In 99, Zoot Riot was all the rage.
3: I've never thought of it before, but now that you have broached the subject, <laughs> I see a much different metaphor in that name. A problematic <laughs> name for a band, <laughs> hmm, I guess. Cherry Poppin' Daddies. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right, sorry. Go on. Jason. Anyways. Well, that's all. First time I saw it. You haven't seen it. <laughs> have you seen any other... Uh, any of the sequels No You have seen zero Die Hard movies before this one
1: <laughs> That is correct I have seen uh, Gene Belcher's portrayal Of the movie In Bob's Burgers You never watch Bob's Burgers?
3: Not frequently No. Uh,
1: there's an episode where one of the kids Acts out the entire thing By himself on stage Playing all the parts So I had a general idea of the plot I suppose <laughs>
2: And the countless references in other movies throughout the years and yeah. direct copies, pretty much.
3: I've mm-hmm. uh, definitely
1: the, heard Yippee-Ki-Yay, motherfucker.
2: Yeah. I think
3: you know, just
1: pulled my earphones out. Yeah, I'm not hearing anything either now.
2: Turn them shits up.
1: Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> Just don't move. Yeah, I'll just stay like this for, <laughs> for the next hour. <laughs> I've lost my train of thought. No, but... Um, Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's
3: the other reaction? Do you... If you say that into the Xfinity voice remote, <laughs> it's a, it doesn't go anywhere. But if you just say yippee ki it'll pull up all the Die Hard movies. <laughs> That's <laughs> It doesn't want you cursing into the remote. It asterisks out, motherfucker.
1: So wait, how does this remote work? You don't have to say the name of a movie to say a famous quote from it or something? Yeah.
3: Actually, that's they have a commercial for it now where they say yippee-ki-yay and it pulls up Die Hard. Hmm. So I tried it and I said, yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. <laughs> and it says, nope, you can't say that.
1: <laughs> Watch your language.
2: <laughs> this is a family remote. <laughs> <laughs> so you've probably heard it's one of the best, if not the best action film of all time. Can you see why? Sure. I think it holds up movie.
1: from '88? Yeah, yeah. I was surprised at how well it didn't hold up. You I mean, mean it compared did? to what? Do you say it, it did. didn't? It did hold up. Okay, good. Especially compared to I don't know other '80s action movies. Yep. I mean, how, Such how as? much? Like <laughs> RoboCop? How much earlier was RoboCop?
3: <laughs> one year. Yeah. One yeah year.
1: So I thought the special Robocop effects especially. RoboCop holds up. Come on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the special Come effects, on. not quite. And. I don't know, They're just it felt like there was more to Die Hard, like all the you know, witty one-liners and just interesting stuff that they stuck into the plot to kind of set it apart from a generic action movie, I thought.
3: It is based on a
2: book. Mm-hmm. It is.
1: Great action set pieces that still hold up as well. Yeah, the special effects were really good. All the explosions and the glass breaking and all that looked really good.
2: Yeah, they were among the biggest ever at the time it was made. Yeah. Explosions. Yep. Yeah. yeah, it's uh Bruce Willis
3: is fantastic. Alan Rickman is fantastic.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: is Hans Gruber.
1: Hey everybody, here's some fun facts. Yeah,
2: it was uh Hans Gruber, Alan Rickman's first movie. Feature film I should say. Producer Joel Silver uh, saw him at a act in a play on Broadway. This kid is gonna be in the picture. This 41 year old kid. (laughs) (laughs) Jason, you said you were surprised to see him in a beard or a goatee? Kind of had a goatee.
1: Alan Rickman? Yeah. I don't know. Just his whole look felt really. I I don't know. I guess they gave him a good villain sort of look or something. He was
3: very stylish for the time. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Actually, I just read a fun fact about that. Apparently, they were originally going to have him dress up as like. A terrorist I don't know what that means exactly But Alan Rickman was the one that had the idea That he should dress up in a suit And that that would Give him the opportunity to like Have him encounter John McClane At some point in the movie and pretend to be a hostage mm-hmm. So
3: Yeah let's think about that Did John McClane not see Hans when he came in? Like when they came in and started taking over And taking hostages mm.
1: All he saw was guys running around in the hall it, With guns All the other yeah. guys Okay.
2: He just saw a couple guys in the hallway. Yeah. All right. So how, well,
1: Cause we're that, getting ahead that of
3: Because that would kind of ruin but. it, you know, but it would kind of be a plot hole. It's like, oh, then he forgot what he looked like.
1: Yeah. Well, I was trying to figure out exactly how he f- knew that Hans was not who he said he was when he encountered him up on the roof or whatever. Because it said Clay. Yeah, it zoomed in on that. WM
2: on like, the on the wall
1: what does does that mean William? McLean saw that and was like oh he that's where he just got the name just yeah. now that is that the I idea i think he might
2: have suspected right away as well because he might have figured that no
1: one else got out yeah. and he, he still o- kind of sounded like gruber how did he yeah. get away from the group i was gonna correct. say what did you think of his accent <laughs> like would he pass as an american he's decent enough but i think he McLean heard him talk enough on
2: the radio and in person when he was watching the takagi murder Mm -hmm. yeah to kind of know what he sounded like yeah i guess you didn't see him there either right because takagi was between them kind of well it was like it was behind almost like a not a pillar but yeah there was some because i didn't think about it when i was watching the movie but but now
3: i I was kind of going through and they're talking about how they just threw in. Like that scene wasn't planned, they just decided as they're filming to have that scene where the uh McLean and Gruber meet face to face before the big ending climactic ending yep uh and I thought, well, were there other times before that where McLean had seen Gruber and he when he was known?
2: on top of the elevator writing down information when he had the yeah the first guy he kills, but he sees him from the top, he only sees the top of Gruber's head, okay.
3: He hears him talking again. But when he comes up on him, he comes up on him from above, because Gruber's, like, on the floor. So I think maybe he recognizes the top of his head. <laughs> 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 um, Anyways, should we?
2: what, what were we going to talk about before we got on this tangent? Well, it's already tangent. It's all about Die Hard. True. We were talking about Jason's first time with Die Hard.
1: <laughs> <laughs> kind of skipping around here, so... Um. Yeah, do we want to start at the beginning and like walk we through will. the
2: plot? We did not even introduce
1: the cast, did
2: we? Yeah, not yet. Cuz like I said, um I was going to say, you know, this is I was ri- originally I announced it as, yeah, we're going to be doing a breakdown of Die Hard, but um I don't know if we really need to talk about themes since this is kind of just a, a genre picture and, you know, one of the, like the best ever. You know, we could point to something like, oh, you know, family is a big theme because of mclean and his wife and the kids yeah you got carl and his brother that ends up dead in the beginning and he's all torn about that they're about, about their brothers in arms how About how awful the lapd is at their <laughs> jobs <laughs> but um
3: how about yeah. how about the the common 80s trope of generic eastern european terrorists <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh, i
1: got a fun fact about that too
0: Here's a fun fact.
1: So apparently in the theatrical release, the terrorists weren't speaking German. None of them spoke German, so they just like made up some German-sounding gibberish. And <laughs> then for the like home video release, they actually dubbed in some actual German on top of that.
2: Okay. You'd think Alan Rickman could speak German.
1: You'd think. He can speak any language, right? You'd think. It's Alan Rickman.
2: <laughs> Alan fucking Rickman. Ooh, sure. Rest in peace. So, Die Hard... From 1988, directed by John McTiernan, starring Bruce Willis as John McClane, Al Rickman as Hans Gruber, Bonnie Bedelia as Holly Gennaro McClane. Can I just say, they spelled her
3: name differently on her office door than what it was spelled as in the credits.
1: I thought I noticed that too. Is it E-R-O versus A-R-O? Yeah. I thought I saw <laughs> like, that and I was like, maybe I misremembered that.
3: In the movie, there's two E's, and then in the credits, there's an A in there somewhere. In IMDb, of of the, it's an A. Yeah, because IMDb copies what the credits are. And mm-hmm. I was like, what the
1: fuck? Yeah.
3: How does that work? Good catch. Uh, Reginald Bill Johnson as Sergeant Al Powell. Carl Winslow. Yeah. I'm going to call him Carl Winslow throughout because that's
2: <laughs> Carl Winslow to me. Mm hmm. Paul Gleason as Deputy Police. Chief Dwayne T. Robinson. You know Carl Winslow, right? Of course. Good. William Atherton as Richard Thornburg. Uh, Hart Bo- uh, Bachner as Harry Ellis. Uh, James uh, Shigeta as Takagi. Alexander G- Gudnov Gudonov as Carl. Devereaux White as Argyle. She- Argyle's great. Yeah. yeah. This is Christmas music, man. <laughs> Clarence Gilliard Jr. is Theo. He's the hacker. hmm Al Leong is Uli. He was in a lot of movies in the 80s. I've brought him up before. On that previous episode. What was his name? What was the actor's name? Al Leong. He was Genghis Kong and Bill and Ted. Excellent adventure. Oh yeah, it was like he was the Asian one, right? Yeah. He That's... was an endo and lethal weapon. Hit him again, Endo. I was wondering big where trouble he, in Little China.
3: I was wondering where he fit in with all those other guys. Like he, <laughs> yeah,
1: totally. <laughs> like, like. His love of
2: chocolate because they're German.
1: Yeah, when there's that <laughs> scene where he's like looking down at the candy, I had to rewind because I'm like, where did this guy come from? <laughs> like he doesn't. Is this the same movie? <laughs> you know, a lot of those terrorists had a great head of hair on them.
3: Uh, that guy, not so much. <laughs> yeah, he had he had a lot in the back,
2: not a lot on the top. Uh, storyline John McLean, officer of the the NYPD tries to save his wife Holly Gennaro and several others that were taken hostage by German terrorist Hans Gruber during a Christmas party at the Nakatomi Plaza in Los Angeles here's another fun fact another little fun fact is that Nakatomi Plaza was actually uh, or Nakatomi building was actually the Fox building it's Fox Plaza in Century City when he gives the location away To the police dispatch, he does say Century City, but yeah, it was Fox, which uh, was under construction at the time. So when he goes up to those upper floors that were still under construction, like all that stuff that was there was just there already Mm -hmm. because they were building it still. So when filming wrapped, they finished it up and then Ronald Reagan moved in because Reagan had just got done being the president and that's what he chose for his new office. The hmm. Secret Service was like sweet. They picked a building <laughs> that they already blew up in a movie. Right, <laughs> like terrorists blew up. <laughs> yeah, but uh-huh. it's like you're you're done being president. You don't got
3: to be. He should about have just shit. retired. Yeah. He was pretty old back then. Like he's yeah. pushing eighty at least. But
2: everyone has an office. It's not like he's. It's not like he was the head of Fox. Yeah. So why <laughs> like, did he? I why, why did he have an office there at Fox? Well, he was involved in movies before. He was right. friends with some of the studio executives and things like that. Yeah. I didn't research to what he really did. You know, presidents just generally have offices. You know, he was governor of California I mean, did for many he, years.
1: Was he involved in the company at all after he was president? Or is it just like, I hey, just, you guys are my friends. Well, he probably yeah, you got rent. this new building.
2: Well, he probably just rented a floor. Yeah, because it was his office was
3: 13,000-some square feet. Yeah. <laughs> it might be so the, the, the Fox building, but they don't necessarily... Own, you know, they might rent out sure. different floors yeah. to different companies. Makes sense. Yeah, I'm sure you could ask Ronald Reagan what he was doing there, but he he might have forgotten. Yeah, <laughs> Reagan smash. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: he we're gonna call I mean, it Star Wars. Like I said, he was governor of California for many years, and so he kind of lived out there anyways. So he was just gonna mm-hmm. move back home and sure. wanted a place to kick up his feet.
1: It's pretty cool. Uh, I also read that while they were filming, there were still people working in other parts of the building, so they were always complaining about the noise from the gunshots and stuff.
2: But it's like, why the fuck are they complaining? Like, it's too
1: much noise. I can't drill while they're doing that. No, I mean, like, office workers in the rest of the building. I suppose. Because, like, those are the only... But it's a lot
2: of scenes at night. True. Like the loud stuff. Yeah.
1: But the indoor stuff. Yeah, can not film well, that, anywhere. Yeah, most of it wasn't. But I'm assuming
2: a lot outside. of the indoor stuff that took a lot of, you know, like set pieces, like fighting scenes, mm-hmm. I'm sure that was inside the studio. They weren't, you know, shooting apart the inside of the building. Speaking of uh, so.
3: loud gunshots, was it just me or when they were doing the shootout with McLean and Hans and Carl, or were the gun Shots actually like ten times louder than the rest of the movie for that scene. Which yeah, I scene? I think it was louder when he towards, the glass. Towards yeah, when he started shooting the glass to cut up his feet. Mm. It might have been a little louder. Like yeah. I had to turn
1: my my volume down about
3: you know ten decibels because the fucking thing was so fucking loud.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I didn't notice.
3: Well, I did. I think I just noticed it when I was. I was trying not to disturb my neighbors too badly. With when I was the grabbing.
1: When I was looking at the
2: clips. Loud. I am I was like, ah, this is this is louder.
1: Well, did you guys read the fun fact about the extra loud blanks that they used? I did not. Apparently Bruce Willis has like partial hearing loss in one of his ears because they used extra loud blanks to try to make it more realistic.
3: Huh. <laughs> that seems like a good idea.
1: <laughs> yep. Well, that would kind of play into another fun fact that I read
2: about Alan Rickman. And that they had to cut away every time he shot his gun, they had to cut away to like the gun or something else because he'd always flinch when he'd fire it. <laughs> and they say if you watch the when he kills Takagi, if you watch closely, you can see him flinch a little bit. Hmm. But, interesting. That would make sense if they're using
3: extra loud blanks. <laughs> yep, especially for somebody <laughs> who hasn't done Hollywood acting before.
1: Yep, yeah, uh,
3: you start shooting these extra loud guns with no ear protection.
1: Is Alan Rickman's English?
3: Where is he? I yeah. believe so. They
1: don't have a lot of guns over there. Probably didn't have a lot of experience with gunfire anyway.
3: They should have gave him a knife. I bet he'd be more comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of knife violence in England. I <laughs> um, heard they're going to ban... I heard they're going to ban knives over there. Cause there's they already kind of did. Much, too much violence. What? They're, they're going to ban did. knives to stop the, the murders.
1: Are you serious? Like...
3: Not all knives. Right? You might need a permit, like if you want to work in a kitchen or something. <laughs> maybe you can have a knife.
1: Like it's illegal to carry a knife of a certain size. Is that what no, you're any, saying?
2: any sharp one. You can't carry. They have bins so, where you got to go turn them in.
1: What?
3: Well, yeah. you can't own guns in England. Right.
1: So everybody. Well, calls. unless I mean, so you can you can own them for like hunting and stuff. I England. don't know about it's that. Pretty, it's, it's pretty restricted. No, you, you I, I can't. I think I've heard it's something very,
3: like that. It's but. very restricted.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, they have tight gun control, but. Hunters. So, everybody
3: commits crimes with knives.
1: Mm. Right. Because but people also cook food with knives.
2: Yeah, I know. That's why we
1: find it ridiculous. So, I don't understand <laughs> how they're going to like enforce that. What is, what is the idea? Like, if you own a knife well, that looks like it's for anything besides slicing vegetables. Well,
3: they can go into your home and take anything they want because they don't have the American
2: Constitution. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have a Bill of Rights. <laughs> you buy a TV, you got to buy a... Like the, a license, like a cable license type deal. Like they'll put a billboard. It's like three people in this neighborhood don't have cable. We know who you are, that type of thing.
1: <laughs> okay.
2: It's called 1984 and it's happening, people.
1: Mm.
3: Yeah. They arrest people for talking on social media about stuff they don't have to talk <laughs> about. Yeah. Like hate speech? Like you, uh, in Scotland, some guy went to jail because he taught his dog how to heil Hitler. Yeah, I think I
2: heard about that. As a joke, he did it as a goof. It is, it
3: is pretty funny.
1: Why is that funny, Jason? Uh, it's hate speech. Dogs, dogs can't participate in hate speech.
3: It was a, it was a pug, and it hated Jews. Oh well, if it's a pug,
1: <laughs> fuck those things.
2: Whoever got what? pissed off at H.W. Bush's dog, that service dog, he's just an employee. He's one. <laughs> I was like wait what, what? <laughs> There's people like Talk about all those Like a really? shitty dog hmm. and I'm like he's just A fucking service dog <laughs> I, d- I didn't see you only it. been with him For like six
3: months <laughs> are, th- are they digging up his uh, David Copperfield pictures again <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Well there, somebody did bring that up Like oh a read an obituary And they didn't even mention When in his 90s He groped some women <laughs> That was like a year ago <laughs> Yeah Guess
3: who my favorite magician is? (laughs) David Copperfield.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Dirty old men. Anyways.
3: Doesn't have much to do with this.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, another U.S. president who is dead. We already talked about Reagan. Yeah. How how is
3: Jimmy Carter outliving everybody? He's had terminal cancer for like three years now.
2: I saw that video of the like check it out. Bob Dole stood and saluted yeah, George Bush. Too. I was like, Bob Dole is still alive? <laughs> oh, my God. Like a 90, I think he's 95. <laughs> I go, holy fuck. That man. seems young.
3: <laughs> 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 like he was old as fuck when he ran for president.
1: Which, that doesn't feel like that long ago to me That when he ran for president. It was 96. Uh, yeah. Man, that was a long time ago. Bob Dole. <laughs> well, he was doing Viagra
3: commercials right after he lost. <laughs>
2: yeah. mm. Bob Dole's a friend of Viagra. Didn't he do, a Pepsi, Dole's a, friend,
3: didn't he do a Pepsi commercial where he was like jerking off to Britney Spears, too? Well, I'm gu- I'm guessing he wasn't jerking off to Britney Spears <laughs> <in the laughs> commercial, but well, they probably did the Viagra one and then the Pepsi one. <laughs> <laughs> and they just
1: mesh together in your mind. <laughs> like, this is the same thing, right?
2: <laughs> All right, now we are firmly off topic. So let's get into the beginning here. Dies Hard. Um, <laughs> end of story Got <laughs> yeah, seven little sections here that'll kind of tell the story this is mostly from wikipedia on christmas eve nypd detective john McLean arrives in la intending to reconcile with his estranged wife holly at the christmas party of her employer the nakatomi corporation mcclain is driven to the party by argyle an airport limousine driver While McLean changes clothes, the party is disrupted by the arrival of a German terrorist, Hans Gruber, and his heavily armed team. I got all the names here, too. Carl, Tony, Franco, Theo, Alexander, Marco, Christoph, Eddie, Uli, Heinrich, Fritz, and James. The group seizes the tower and secures those inside as hostages except for McLean, who slips away. And Argyle who gets trapped in the garage below. So Argyle, who doesn't know he's trapped in the garage
3: <laughs> until like an hour into the movie. He's just partying.
2: Yeah, he's really ripping it up because he's drinking in the backseat. He's got VHS. He's got that... He's got a giant teddy bear.
3: car phone that he's just, you know, blowing up his, his little black book. He has ladies. He's calling them all out.
2: It's like, well, what are you planning? You, you he th- knows how long you're going to be here. He
3: thinks McClane hangs up on him, so he's like... You know, you got my number. You call back. And then he's on the phone continuously for, <laughs> yeah. for the next several hours. Is that call yeah.
2: waiting in the 88 car phones? Probably not. Yeah. yeah.
1: So what? what is up with where Ar- Argyle is introduced? There's like a little exchange where McLean is just kind of looking at him like, you know what I'm talking about? He gives well, him mean, this look the, like, why are Nakat- you here to pick The Nakatomi people yeah. said a dilemma for him.
3: Mr. Tagaki right. says it's
1: the least we could do. So so was he just like confused why there's a person waiting for him? Yeah, he didn't okay. know there was going to be anybody there. Okay, I wasn't sure if there was a little 80s racism there or yeah. something. <laughs> like, what is this black guy doing here? <laughs> Takagi rolled out the red carpet
2: for Gennaro's husband, who has a different name. Yeah.
3: <laughs> it seemed very poorly uh, planned, because like, Holly didn't know he was coming.
1: She was hoping he was coming, right? Yeah, yeah. she
2: didn't get because she calls home and is like, did did John call? Then no, no. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> and she goes, oh, must have not have you know must not have had time before he caught his flight.
3: This is the McLean residence. Lucy McLean speaking. <laughs>
2: hey, you'll get to know her. They used to used to, to teach kids hard. to answer the phone
3: like that. Now they say don't answer the phone. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Yeah,
4: McLean Residence.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Who played Lucy McLean in the Live Free or Die Hard? Mary Elizabeth
2: Winstead. That's right. Yeah, Yeah.
3: she grew up well. Lucy. She she grew up to hate her father.
2: (laughs) But become more and more strange, and then she follows her husband around, and more and more terrorist attacks follow them.
3: Then she dated Justin Long for
1: some reason. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he was a hero,
3: (laughs) (laughs) technically.
2: He was getting all that Apple money at the time.
1: At the end of what? <laughs> you when it way. was Justin Long a hero? Uh, Live Free or Die Hard. The fourth oh, he die was hard in movie. that? Yeah.
3: Hmm. It was a fire sale.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. I don't understand that reference, but.
2: It was very tech savvy for 07. Hmm. As tech savvy as 07 could be.
1: 07 was Die Hard 4? I, so. I believe it's 07. Yeah. And you said there are six total?
2: Well, five, but I think they're making a sixth.
1: Oh. Uh, yeah,
2: Five,
3: the fifth one is atrocious. I haven't seen the fifth one. Don't. When was that? It was like uh, three years ago. Really? Four? Three or more? Three or four? Maybe.
2: Wow. They went to Russia. Yeah. John McClane goes to Russia, and his son's in there. Yeah, his son is uh, held in a Russian prisoner court. He's gonna go on trial for something. So it's he goes a, over there to help him out. It's a good day to die hard. Yeah. Okay. It's the name of it.
3: Cool.
2: I think I'm done watching die hard movies to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I still like 4. 3 I think is the second best. 2 is all right. But yeah. 1 I, 3 2 4 or 4 2, I don't know.
3: I would not put 4 above 2. I don't know. Like 2 is good but
2: There's four, so many four lines it. that just fall flat in two. Yeah.
3: 4 seems like it's got a lot more uh, action in it. Yeah. Plus, he kills a helicopter with a cop car. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. Uh,
1: (laughs) 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 Okay.
2: You just have to see it,
3: Jason. I guess I do. The only problem with the fourth one is it's PG-13, and they didn't go for it.
2: Uh, The DVD that I have. You have the unrated one? Yeah, well, it comes with an R-rated version, actually. They just throw in a bunch of Fs. Yeah. Like, maybe like 10.
1: Into which one? The fourth one. Keep up. Okay, sorry. <laughs> was the first one? I was gonna look what the rating was on. They're all rated PR. R. Are we, are okay. they're all I R. only heard one f bomb. I think.
2: Well, he says motherfucker. He says see. motherfucker quite a few times. Does he? Yeah, when they're fighting too. Tippy yeah, guy, motherfucker. I they... motherfucker. Okay. Never mind. Yeah. Even Gruber re- repeats it back to him. Mm-hmm. Motherfucker. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like
1: not nearly as much impact that time. <laughs>
2: But, uh, so yeah, we got the Christmas music, you know, it's Christmas Eve, we got the Christmas music in the car with Run DMC. Yeah, I don't know. This is Christmas music. I don't know about back then, but, but
3: in the last five to 10 years, that song has really become very widely used in movies and commercials and TV shows around this time of year.
2: Yeah. Hmm. Would have been very timely in 88.
3: I think so. Yeah. Yeah probably hip and new mm-hmm. you think mclean would know about that being from new york and all
2: yeah he uh he's such a fish out of water in la and it's California. basically <laughs> yeah he
1: keeps saying that
2: it's basically his first time flying and that one guy is like here's what you do you gotta take
1: off your shoes your socks you make fists with your toes in the carpet. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking about that after I watched it. Like, What was the point of that whole thing? And I guess it was just so that he could be barefoot through the whole movie and yep. cut his feet up on <laughs> glass and stuff.
3: When he actually does it, he does it in a bathroom that
2: is fully carpeted, which seems like a terrible <laughs> idea. It's the well, it 80s. seems like there's a hotel room like on the 30th floor because he goes in there I know it's not it's like yeah. a, it's like an office with a private bathroom yeah because I I used to remember thinking god there's a, he's sitting on like a bed there but there's no bed yeah but
3: I think he was uh, he was on the toilet yeah but it's like why do they have shade carpeting in the bathroom and why are you grinding your bare feet <laughs> you <do it>? <laughs> <laughs> like that seems very unsanitary yeah. well it's a private bathroom only one person very unsanitary it? what do they He gets a rug doctor in there every day. He's in the office,
2: so he just makes himself at home, takes his shirt off. I don't know. Just busts out the wife beater.
3: There's a place where I could wash up. Take a
2: whore's shower. (laughs) (laughs) Whore's bath. (laughs) That was funny, too, when she's waiting for John to come in. Um, Ellis is hassling her because Ellis is our co-worker that is hitting on her. He's yeah. a real
1: douchey 80s type cokehead. head. Mm-hmm. I thought it was funny how they brought back the Rolex at the very yeah. end. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Why don't you show it to him? She's got a Rolex. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm sure I'll see it later. It's fine. Come on, don't be embarrassed. <laughs> um, I just did a bunch of coke. Yeah. It was great. Like, I just like having the th- phone I like how he's
3: doing coke off a of Holly's desk and then they walk in and just pretend like they didn't see it. Yeah. Like they, they saw it but they like everybody knows what's up. We, yeah. It's the <laughs> like, 80s. Nobody cares just about it. Right, pretend right. we didn't see that.
2: Well, I thought it was funny though. Uh, Holly walks into her office and her secretary or co-worker who's there typing and she's like God quit working go join the party enjoy yourself. You know she's the pregnant woman. You know Go have a drink and enjoy yourself. And she goes, "Do you think this baby's ready for a couple sips? That baby is ready to ten bar. It's like, you know. <laughs> yeah, just go start drinking while you're pregnant, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> especially
3: yeah. in the third trimester.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, that was a weird line too. That baby is ready to ten bar. What? So, yeah, I don't, I don't yeah, think it was still.
3: I don't think it was still the two thousands where they told people to stop smoking and drinking while they're pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> like, why are these babies so ornery when they come out? <laughs> Um, also, when they're in there, two two random people just bust in Holly's office to uh, have sex with each other, and they're like, oops, we'll go
2: next door. And then they <laughs> get busted in on when the terrorists <laughs> <Yeah>. come in. <laughs> yeah.
1: I wrote oh, to, yeah, that was the only nudity in the whole movie. Well, there's kind of the random. picture that
2: McLean
3: slaps. You see it twice. Multiple right. times, That's yeah. That's true. Anything goes at the Nakatomi Christmas party.
2: Nakatomi? Nakatomi. Yeah. Nakatomi. How about that worthless doorman? McLean comes in, looking for Holly Genero. am oh, just typing in over there. Yeah, my <laughs> the computer does my job. <laughs> I he's, just sit here. He's like watching TV, and uh, and he goes, "Oh, oh, she's on the 30th floor. Christmas party. They're the only ones yeah. left in the building. <laughs> That's where everybody is. But
1: go through the computer.
2: <laughs> I was
3: like, you couldn't fucking tell him that." Well, like it shows you on the map where she is. Is that her office, or yeah. do they have like <laughs> have a, a tracking chip on her <laughs> so they <you> can follow <laughs> her throughout the building?
1: All employees have a, <laughs> a chip in their neck when they start employment there.
3: It's a Japanese company, and I assume they have something to do with some advanced technology, so mm-hmm. I bet they have that technology available.
2: I mean, I understand if he was a person looking for somebody that works on a different floor... Yeah, But if literally the only ones left in the building are on the 30th floor at the company Christmas party, you couldn't just say, are you here for the Christmas party?
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, then there was some dude standing by the elevator bank, just standing there, just not doing anything, just looking, giving yeah. John McClane the side eye. And I thought, that guy is suspicious. He must be scouting the place for those terrorists that are coming up. Because I hadn't remembered. I hadn't seen this in a long time. And he is literally the second guy that gets killed.
1: <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I noticed that guy too and I'm like there's there's something significant about this guy and then I just totally forgot about it. And him,
3: there isn't. They just come in, they they blow away the guy at the desk and then they just come up and blow away that guy standing by the elevators hmm. and you never hear uh, from them again. He doesn't even get a name.
1: <laughs> Weird.
3: Doesn't get a doesn't get any lines. He just stands there.
1: So what what was with the guy that they replaced the doorman with? You know, they have one of the terrorists sit there, right? Mhm. Did I I feel like I missed something cuz I just noticed him like halfway through the movie and I'm like this guy doesn't have an accent or anything. Where did he come from?
3: Well, he's uh he's there to keep up appearances. Like they in recruited some, a specific
1: Well, in American case somebody comes guy. in
3: uh, and tries to, you know, yeah. Just wanders in or
1: whatever. Yeah. I thought and
3: then he... when the cop comes in he tells him, Oh yeah, no,
1: everything's fine Right, right. whatever.
3: I got fifty bucks
2: riding on this game.
1: <laughs> I also wasn't <laughs> sure for a second. About that. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't
3: gambling illegal? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's the eighties. Everybody bets on sports. But uh I was I was almost confused about the guy at that desk looked exactly like the douchey reporter guy, it seemed like. Or at least they both had like the exact same eighties hairdo. Kind
3: of was that Eddie, the guy at the desk? Yeah, I believe he was Eddie. He was played by Dennis Hayden, who's uh, who's in Wishmaster, which I talked about a few episodes ago.
1: Wishmaster.
3: But he's the his picture on IMDb is from a, uh, Old Spice commercial he did with Von Miller, <laughs> <laughs> where he was the coach on the sideline.
1: Okay. Was Wishmaster? There's some kid. In some big building? No. Okay. I'm thinking of something else. I don't
2: think so. Thinking of the curse? Is that the curse?
1: No. No? I
2: thought on the cover art for the curse it was Will Wheaton and then like a big building. Well, the, the curse
3: like is a... all on a farm. Okay. Wishmaster is about uh, a genie that comes back to life. Or he gets summoned or whatever from wherever he's locked up. And then whoever summons him, if they make three wishes, he can just bring all his other genie friends to take over the earth.
4: Hmm.
3: And he looks a little bit like Apocalypse from the X-Men Apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Okay. But yeah, that dude, I I just remember that every time I see that dude, I'm like, hey, there he is not that Old Spice <laughs> <laughs> commercial. <laughs> He's fun <Von> horse coach. fun <laughs> horse
2: coach in that Old Spice commercial. So, terrorists bust in. McLean's caught barefoot. Sneaks out the, He's the, stairwell. His into the stairwell. He's probably yeah. got
3: an athlete's foot, too. <laughs> from that fucking bathroom.
2: Carpet. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, Gruber pretty much immediately takes Takagi upstairs to his office. They waste so much ammo just shooting the ceiling. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm i don't know if that the plan was we're not going to kill people but obviously they didn't have a problem killing people but they wasted a ton of ammo yeah uh
2: here is the first clip this is uh gruber talking to takagi and he wants the code to the vault
0: i don't have that code you broke in here to access our computer. Any information you could get when they wake up in Tokyo in the morning, they'll change it. You won't be able to blackmail our executive, threaten our process. Sit down. Slide it over. Mr. Takagi, I'm really not interested in your computer. But I need the code key. Because I am interested in the $640 million in negotiable bearer bonds that you have locked in your vault. And the computer controls the vault. You want money? What kind of terrorists are you? (laughs) (laughs) Who said we were terrorists?
3: Theo and Carl had a bet (laughs) Yeah, on whether they would get... To to give him the code or not.
2: Theo one And Theo
3: won. <laughs> 20 bucks, I think. I didn't know. I didn't see what the nomination was. He just passed it to him real quick. <laughs>
2: ah, I told you.
3: <laughs> Theo is pretty cocky. Yeah. Don't you think?
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Oh, by the way, he says when they wake up in Tokyo in the morning. I what, noticed that line too. When did to be morning in Tokyo? Yeah. <laughs>
1: I was thinking, like, it's what like time is this happening in L.A.? Probably, like, probably 10 at night or something. I maybe the sun was it be, still uh,
2: going down. Maybe, like, 9. Yeah. It would be,
1: like, 1 p.m. in Tokyo.
2: So when they wake up in the morning, well, they're probably thinking after they're alerted of this, which will be maybe early in the morning, which will be the evening yeah. in Tokyo. So then when they wake up, oh, my God, what happened last night? Sure maybe
1: yeah Could the other be. question that scene raised for me is these bonds right and I've seen I've seen this before in like 90s movies you know bear
2: but, bonds they're the, all the rage
1: yeah before you know, stocks and bonds were all online I guess everybody had all these papers <laughs> that showed that they owned these bonds it's a mm-hmm. bearer
3: bond that means that the bearer can cash it in mm-hmm. where do
1: you cash it in like how what's their plan for Converting this huge stack of papers into six hundred forty million dollars or whatever.
3: You take it to the bank. <laughs> <laughs>
1: take it all the way oh, to the bank. Oh, you got six hundred forty million dollars of bear bonds. I'm Look sure. I'm sure
3: they have people that can do yeah, it. For yeah, yeah. Spread. I it mean, they yeah, they got their sure they money laundering
1: dudes. Or take it kind. over
3: to the Cayman Islands or Switzerland or wherever yeah. they
2: don't care about regulations.
1: Yeah. Mm. Well, it seems late so Late eighties,
2: they could yeah. go out of Panama, probably.
4: Panama. <laughs> Panama. That's
2: what HW did, didn't he? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Uh,
3: I heard he just went to Belize. (laughs) So. Oh, yeah. I was going to ask John McClane immediately runs upstairs. Did that raise any questions for anybody else about why he went up and not down?
2: I don't know. I Didn't thought that was an that. odd choice, to go up. Well, he does want to leave his. I mean, the only way to go down is if you're going to leave. Do you assume that? I don't, don't going to want leave his
3: stairwells wife. or what?
2: What's that? Does he assume they're terrorists in the stairwells if he goes down? Or no, I Maybe. think you. The only reason to go down because it's thirty floors. They're right. on the thirtieth floor, so I think you. The only reason you go down is to try and leave. I think he wants to stick around for his wife So he's just going to go up the floor or two Or to
3: call for help Yeah He could call for help
2: Then again 911 doesn't give a shit about your problems <laughs> Well so, it's Sounds it's, made up It's a police dispatch emergency She tells them if you have an emergency Hang up and call 911 <laughs> It was it's like a, an emergency police Sounds made up for me Channel it's a, doesn't, It
3: doesn't sound real I don't believe it <laughs> Even those loud-ass gunshots,
2: I still don't believe it. Yeah. So right away, McLean pulls the fire alarm, thinking that'll alert the police, and it almost works, except yeah. for Eddie's down
3: at the desk keeping
2: watch. Everything's fine. Yeah. So the cops and the, you know, the fire trucks get about took a few blocks away, and then they all turn around. Mm-hmm. And, and John uh, is
3: just crushed.
2: Yeah. He's screaming and yelling, and that's... Dejected. Right when Gruber sent uh, the first guy up to go and get him, and that was Carl's brother.
3: Is that Heinrich? Uh, I didn't catch th- his
2: name. I think it was Tony. Not sure. Anyways. But the uh, fight ensues. Obviously, McLean gets the upper hand and breaks the guy's neck on a in the stairwell. Falling down the stairs. <laughs> yeah.
3: I don't know if McLean so much broke his neck as the fall dead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And was so at disadvantage. He didn't even have a gun. He had to
2: kill a terrorist with feet smaller than his baby sister. <laughs> well, I guess he he had uh, <laughs> he already had his Beretta.
1: Yeah. Oh wait, but he didn't have a machine gun. Right. This is the scene uh, before he kills the guy. The guy finds out he's a policeman, or he tells him a policeman. He's no. a police. No, this, that's later. That yeah, was way later. Well,
2: this is where he gets the machine gun, yeah, yeah. He sends them down an elevator while he's eavesdropping on the roof of the elevator, and he wrote on his sweatshirt and blood. Now I have a machine gun, ho ho ho, and here's Rickman's reaction.
0: Now I have a machine gun ho ho.
3: Oh, oh, he's oh. he's not amused. Says it so slowly. He's not amused.
2: Not at all. I don't think he gets it. So McLean gets some more information, writing it down on his arm as he's eavesdropping on him. And you know it's a Christmas movie because not only
3: is it the Christmas party on Christmas Eve, but he puts a Santa hat <coughs> a Santa hat on the the dead terrorist, and then he writes "ho ho ho" on his shirt. Mm-hmm. Can
2: I get any more Christmas? Yeah, I had Christmas, Christmas. music. And oh, it, throughout, yes. And it ends with "Let It Snow." Mm-hmm. That that song comes on in the end credits. As they walk into the sunset.
1: I'm pretty sure it is in that fight where the guy says, "Like you won't kill me. You're a policeman. There are rules for policemen." And then he doesn't shoot him, but that's when he like tackles him down the stairs and he dies. I don't remember why he or how he found out that he was a cop. But I'm pretty sure it's that scene where the guy maybe overhears him talking or something about being a cop. Or he no, because he his doesn't, gun. McLean doesn't even say
2: he's a cop to the dispatch. Yeah.
1: Hmm. He doesn't don't, even
2: say it to Carl Winslow until Hans Gruber blows his cover.
1: But I have, it, I mean, I, Ellis you know, fucks him I made over. notes and it was like pretty early in there when there was that line, you won't kill me, you're a policeman, there are rules for policemen. And I thought that was just pretty hilarious. 'cause of the current culture with mm. policemen and killing people. <laughs> like.
3: Just wait until we get to Carl Winslow's uh accident story. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, that too.
3: Oh, by the way, I, I noticed uh so Hans Gruber's looking over this dead guy and he like pushes his head to the side. And the dude clearly blinks. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I thought I saw it the first time And I rewound it like, Yeah he he fucking blinked
2: <laughs> Is it a blink or you'll miss it shot? Sure <laughs> <laughs> I was going to have a better reaction to that but I Blink froze. or you'll miss the blink hmm.
3: Yeah
1: blank That just reminds me of blank. a fun fact It has nothing to do with this movie But movies in general I remember reading an article that uh, They studied like when movie audiences blink during movies Mm -hmm. and it's like 80% of the audience will blink at the same time when they're watching a movie. Like whenever your brain decides, I I, it's safe to blink now. I don't need to take in information at this moment. You know,
4: Mm -hmm.
2: that kind of makes sense, I guess. Sounds made up.
1: (laughs) It does, but I'm pretty sure I didn't make it up. I think
3: I read that. (laughs) Sounds like that guy on the uh, hair club for men talk about 80% of, Feeling good is looking good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that does sound pretty made up.
2: Actually, I think uh, in their initial tussle, him and the McLean and the first guy, because he does end up losing his gun, and I think it's his wallet too. So wouldn't he have seen the shield and the wallet, maybe A gun? Might have already seen it.
3: Possibly. But yeah, I don't remember exactly when that happened.
2: Um, I think you might have made it up. <laughs> so let's get back to the story here. Mandela fact. Let's <laughs> um, yeah. go through the next paragraph. So obviously, Gruber interrogates uh, Takagi for the code of the building's vault, revealsly plans to steal 640 million of bear bonds with the terrorist act, merely a distraction. Takagi refuses uh, to cooperate and is killed by Gruber. McLean secretly watches, but accidentally gives himself away and escapes. He sets off a fire alarm to try and alert the authorities, so Gruber sends Tony to investigate. So it's Tony. McLean kills Tony, pocketing his weapon and radio, using it to contact the LAPD. Sergeant Al Powell is sent to investigate. Gruber sends Heinrich and Marco to stop McLean, who kills them both. Powell arrives and is greeted by Eddie, posing as a concierge. Finding nothing unusual, Powell prepares to leave, but McLean drops Marco's corpse onto his patrol car to gain his attention while Alexander shoots at the car from the building with an automatic rifle. Powell summons LAPD, who lays siege to the building. McLean steals Heinrich's bag, containing C4 explosives and detonators. So let's get to the clip where it's McLean uh, trying to contact the LAPD, and they are not having it. Mayday, mayday. Anyone copying Channel 9? Terrorists have seized the Nakatomi building and are holding at least
3: 30
0: people hostage. I repeat, unknown number of terrorists,
2: six or more, armed with automatic weapons at Nakatomi Plaza,
0: Century City. Where's the best place to transmit? Somebody answer me, goddammit! The roof. Go, go!
1: It's the same address as that fire signal. I'll handle it. Attention, whoever you are, this channel is reserved for emergency calls only.
2: No fucking shit, lady! Do I sound like I'm ordering a pizza?
4: No one kills him but me.
2: They have already killed one hostage. They are fortifying their positions while you're jerking me up on the radio. Now send the police.
3: Sir, back I've up already ASAP. told
1: you. This is a reserve channel. If this is an emergency call, dial nine one one on your telephone. Otherwise, I'll have to report this as an FCC violation. Fine.
2: Report me. Come the fuck down here and
0: arrest me. Just send the police now.
1: There's a
3: black and white that can do a drive-by. So the, that last line there, uh, Ice Cube sampled it on his song, Who Got the Camera? <laughs> and so I've heard that. Fun fact. I've heard that a bunch of times. I'm like, where the fuck is that from? And then I've This is the second movie in the last couple months that I've seen where I'm like, oh shit, that's where that's from. Because <laughs> the, the other one was a Short Time. He pulled a clip from there for uh song um say hi to the bad guy so there you go ice cube pulling some some lines from some classic movies. What
2: song was this one in?
3: This one is uh Who Got the Camera. Okay. Which is about uh getting beat up by the cops and hoping somebody will film it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Makes sense.
3: But yeah like LAPD they think everything's a fucking hoax in this <laughs> movie. Like everything like it, it, it's never worst case scenario. It's never better safe than sorry. It's wild <laughs> goose chase. <laughs> and so we don't got time for this <laughs>
2: nonsense. <laughs> when uh, Carl Winslow gets to the end of the hallway right before he's about to get killed, he's like, Oh, the hell with this? And he just turns <laughs> and yeah. walks out. Fuck <laughs> this shit. I'm going home. So what after he the, bought about a dozen Twinkies, and they're right, for my wife. Right. Yeah. She's pregnant.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of the major things that they keep harping on is how he's a desk cop and how he, he doesn't work the streets, and yet he's in full uniform on patrol and a squad car. Well, we well, don't necessarily
2: he wasn't, know he's on patrol.
1: Yeah, I, I'm not sure if they mention it in the movie, but something I read said that he was on his way home and yeah. he got the call. Did he say that maybe? he was at the nearest the, to the scene.
3: But if he's a desk cop, why does he... God, take the fucking squad car. Why does he drive his own car? Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Why does he even need a uniform if he's just gonna work in the office?
2: Maybe they'd issued him the car I'm back confused. before he killed a child <laughs> <laughs> and it just didn't take it away. It sounded like it had been car. a while since he <laughs> had killed that kid. <laughs> I had an accident. <laughs>
3: um, but it, watching it again, like that, that was one thing I'm like, wait a minute. Why does he have all this, why does he have a, uh, his, you know, full arsenal of uh, police equipment and the squad car, and like uh, you just work behind a desk, that's all you talk about is pushing papers and John McLean won't let you live it up, you know, live it down or whatever. I can see if you're saying, oh, I'm filling in for somebody because it's Christmas Eve, you know, but they don't mention anything, they just, it's just, he's a desk cop and that's it, and Never mind why he's got a, a cop car <laughs> <laughs> um, Why he's
2: responding to calls <laughs> uh, This next clip is McLean and Gruber's first conversation over the radio um, This is right after he killed uh, Heinrich and uh, Marcos Is it Marco? Yeah, Marco because he threw his corpse uh, yeah. Out the window <laughs>
3: I just thought I'd love to hear
0: that sound. All of you, relax. This is a matter of inconvenient timing, that's all. Police action was inevitable, and as it happens, necessary, so let them fumble about outside and stay calm. This is simply the beginning. I thought I told all of you I want radio silence until further oh, d- I'm very- sorry, Hans. I didn't get that message.
2: wax Tony and Marco and his friend here, I figured you and Carl and Franco might be a little lonely, so I wanted to give you a call. How does he know so much about this?
0: This is very kind of you. I assume you are our mysterious party, crash. You are most troublesome. For a security guard. E- Sorry, Hans, wrong guess. Would
2: you like to go for double jeopardy where the scores can
0: really change?
3: Mm, these are very bad for you.
0: Who are you, then? Just the fly in the ointment, Hans. The monkey in the wrench. The
3: pain in the ass.
0: Whoa. Check on all the others. Don't use the radio. See if he's lying about Marco, and find out if anyone else is missing. Mr. Mister Guest. Yeah, I'm still here, unless you want to open a front door for me. Uh, I'm afraid not, but you have me at a loss. You know my name, but who are you? Just another American who saw too many movies as a child. Another orphan of a bankrupt culture who thinks he's John Wayne, Rambo, Marshall Dillon. I was always kind of partial to Roy Rogers, actually. I really like those sequined shirts. Do you really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? yippee ki
3: motherfucker.
2: Oh, there it is. He said it. He said it.
3: You know, it's kind of funny going back and watching the first one and how kind of off the cuff he says that. You know, it's, it's just kind of like a throwaway line. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to think... How popular that phrase became and how it became a catchphrase throughout the the series.
2: They brought it up again at the end. There's a callback. True.
3: But it's not like, all right, we're going to really hit them with this one.
2: Yeah. Although the TV dinner one has been parodied a couple of times. Yeah. That's probably the second most famous line from this movie.
1: Really? Yeah. I don't understand why. It
2: should be I had an accident. <laughs> that should be the second most famous. One.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah I I shot a kid. <laughs> Whoops, accident.
3: You never you never hear about that. <laughs> like, oh, by the way, Carl Winslow is a death cop because he murdered a child <laughs> <laughs> and then referred to it as an accident.
1: <laughs> he felt threatened. He didn't up. do anything wrong. I mean,
3: I shot him in the back. It was dark. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so like at one point, Hans was like, "Don't shoot him," because I don't want him to hear the gunfight, the gunfire. But then they were shooting, uh, having a shootout on the roof while Carl Winslow is down on the in the parking lot, and he doesn't hear any of the gunshots. Yeah. <laughs> Uh he doesn't realize that anything's wrong until Marco comes crashing down on top of his car.
1: mm yep.
3: And I thought that was an odd uh you know, occurrence that they're so worried about <laughs> how loud the
2: gunshots were and it didn't really matter. Yeah. Well they're thirty floors up. It didn't or really matter enough.
3: it didn't really matter until they started shooting at Carlwit. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, he yeah. was singing; he couldn't hear anything. Oh, the weather outside <laughs> is <laughs> frightful. Yeah, <laughs> the words all wrong too. Huh? Did he? I don't remember what he says, but I'm like, oh, that's I don't know. not right.
3: Well, he eventually got transferred to Chicago. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> apparently,
2: <laughs> it's outside. God, what's how does the Family Matters intro go?
3: Oh, I can't. It's been so long since I've heard it.
2: Because every time I start singing it, it just turns into the Full House theme song. <laughs>
1: yeah.
3: yeah. I was just trying to think how it goes, and I think I did that same occurrence there.
2: <laughs> Whatever happened? No, way, son of a bitch.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Everywhere you look.
3: Oh, man. Grandma Winslow was the shit, though, right? I mean, she was she was the most G of the, the group even more so than Eddie. And 3J. What about Carl's wife?
2: She kept it real.
3: <laughs> yeah, she until, kept everyone in line
2: until they switched
3: to actresses. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, you look different.
2: No, but the, the first one was only there for what one season.
3: No, she was there for a, a, quite a while. I think the the second one was only there for one or two seasons.
2: That's what it was. Cause I just I know that there was two, but I only remember the one. And then they it was had, there for most of the time.
3: They. Had, uh, sister rachel was a single mother richie richie mm-hmm. wasn't cute enough so they got 3j in there <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember any of this
1: <laughs> i didn't see a lot of that show i mean i saw yeah. a few episodes but
3: that's too bad
1: i know i i remember like wanting to watch that but for some reason i only saw like full house and then i step by step was pretty cool yeah
2: did you like watch TV in the 90s? Like how have you not seen Die Hard? That's I, what I'm, I'm still wondering.
1: I don't know. It was I might have lived lot. a somewhat sheltered childhood. Yeah. My parents didn't it? like me watching Seinfeld and the Simpsons. Uh-huh. It's too uh too adult, you know, no. I see. I see. So well yeah, I mean so I assume you're Die in Hard was with very, with well, one,
2: only one television maybe, so you couldn't like sneak away
1: like into another room and watch TV. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Um, But Die Hard was 88, right? Yeah. Two years after I was born. Rated R, so I wouldn't have been able to see it for a while anyway. It was on
2: TV forever, though. I saw this movie when I was mm. like five. Yeah. <laughs> I on TV, like a TV edit.
1: Well, I also didn't have cable, so it would have had to been on a major network. But not Fox, because Fox didn't come in very well over the air. Mm-hmm.
2: And some of the more violent stuff, like my mom would make me leave the room or something like that. Yeah. But I would get everything in between and I guess some of the kills that were like when the in-between, uh, is it stuff,
3: gonna be? The in-between stuff is almost worse than the violence. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but I remember, you know, like the now I have a machine gun. Ho, ho, ho. That's why growing up, I never called assault rifles. Assault rifles was always like, oh, sweet. He's got a machine gun. I would never know, like, the models, model types and shit like that. Like, everything to me growing up was just a fucking machine
1: gun. Yeah. I think it was the same for me, too. I mean, I don't know. Maybe
2: you watched Die Hard, (laughs) then.
1: I don't know. I remember just machine gun was, like, a popular term in movies for guns that shoot a lot of bullets really fast. Like, I I don't remember even hearing about assault rifles, really, until, like... Until it became a thing? I don't know. Until it... (laughs) Don't get yeah, popularized. Pretty sure
3: assault rifle is just a political term for people who want to ban guns. Because <laughs> <laughs> on here it'd be like automatic rifles. Because like these are full automatic. Like pro gun people yeah. don't they? They don't like the term assault assault rifle because it's such a vague. Yeah. Term. Well, assault
1: has such a negative connotation yeah. to it. Mm-hmm.
3: Machine gun. I don't know. Like machine gun is like another term. That I've heard used like... Primarily for, for automatic, automatic adam- yeah. Automatic weapons. Because like you
2: really need the machine to be turning so you can actually yeah. um, reload or not reload, but you know, the next one in the chamber, get it out. Get the next one in the chamber, get it out. It isn't bolt action. It isn't a revolver. Not semi-automatic. Yeah. You know, like, what is a machine? <laughs> it's like simple machines? regular machine and then like machine gun. A wedge is a machine. Yeah. So is a pulley. (laughs) So is a wheel. (laughs) Good stuff. Right here. (laughs) Debating simple machines.
3: Oh man.
2: Uh, When
3: does uh, Robinson show up? He shows up pretty quick there. Talk about oh it's nothing. It's probably just one guy up there.
2: How do we know he could be a fucking bartender? (laughs) <laughs> which is funny because he's, he was. Bruce Willis is kind of, well, obviously he became famous for the TV show Moonlighting uh, in the 80s with Sybil Shepherd. He's known as comedic actor and he was given uh, five million actually to do this movie, which was unheard of at the time for an unproven actor. Mm-hmm. And, th- and this is also after about 20 people turned down the role. But uh, before he was acting, he was a bartender. Hmm. And true and uh the rumor is he got a lot of ass when he's a bartender. Apparently he was just a dreamboat when he's a bartender. Before he was a star, he could he was very popular with the ladies. Okay. story goes.
3: And I bet it dried up after he became a star.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then he had to settle for people like Demi Moore. It's like,
3: damn, now that I'm doing movies, uh I- I just can't get it anymore Just <laughs> just Lost my touch <laughs>
2: <laughs> So I think that's also kind of a Inside joke that He was a bartender So let's say he's a bartender
3: I like to uh, Robinson's just Dismissing all the thought that it might be Terrorists or whatever And Carl Winslow goes What about the guy that fell on my car <laughs> Robinson says it's probably some stockbroker that got depressed. Yeah. <laughs> That's
1: such a ridiculous thing for him to say.
2: Like, it seems like he's just reprising his role from the breakfast club. It's just a
3: continuation of LAPD just not taking anything serious. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just thinking best case scenario for every call. Like It's just a joke. It's a prank call. There's nothing to be worried about. That guy he was just depressed. He's you know, a stockbroker. You know how they are. Uh, happens all the time. Jumping out windows. I think it was pretty frequent back then though.
2: Yeah.
3: Uh, Stockbrokers jumping off a of high rise. Well, that
2: would have been probably right after uh, Black Monday.
3: Shortly after, yeah, I would assume so. That was around
2: eighty eight or eighty seven.
3: I think it was eighty seven, so it was like within a year.
2: Yeah, because that would have would have been a joke that you know, stock <laughs> broker plunged to his death after losing everything you know
3: mm. it's it's only a joke because it was so common, which is pretty tragic <laughs> so it was yeah. like the,
2: like in the nineties when they talked about people going postal because yeah. there' a lot of post office workers shooting up their workplace, yeah, so people joked about it people <laughs> people
3: still say that, but they don't know what it like the origin of it <laughs> like you went postal they don't even think about it. they just think it's just means you're going crazy, <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. All right, uh, let's jump ahead a little bit to when the LAPD decides to act. Send in the car! Because they start sending in SWAT teams in this big vehicle. Uh, James and Alexander use anti-tank missiles to disable a SWAT armored car before McLean violently kills both of them by pushing C4 attached to an office chair and computer down the elevator shaft, blowing up their whole floor. Holly's co-worker, Harry Ellis... Attempts to mediate between Hans and McLean for the return of the detonators. McLean refuses, prompting Gruber to execute Ellis. While checking explosives attached to the roof, Gruber encounters McLean. Gruber passes himself off as an escaped hostage. McLean offers him a gun, and Gruber attempts to shoot McLean, but the gun is empty. Carl, Franco, and Fritz arrive. McLean kills Fritz and Franco, but is forced to flee, abandoning the detonators. So I'm going to play a clip here. This is Ellis, a John Boy, talking to
0: Gruber. Dead. Hope I'm not interrupting. What does he want? <laughs> it's not what I want, it's what I can give you.
3: Look, let's be straight, okay?
2: It's obvious you're not some dumb schmuck up here to snatch a few purses, am I right?
0: You're very perceptive.
2: Uh, I watch 60 Minutes. I say to myself, these guys are
3: professional. They're motivated. They're happening, i.e., they want something, huh? Now, personally, I couldn't care less about your politics. Maybe you're pissed off at the Camel Jockeys. Maybe it's the Hebes, Northern Island. It's none of my business. I figure you're here to negotiate, am I right?
0: You're amazing. You figured this all out already.
3: (laughs) Hey, business is business. You use a gun, I use a fountain pen. What's the difference? Let's put it in my terms. You're here in a hostile takeover. You grab us for some green meal, but you didn't expect some poison pill was going to be running around in the building. Am I right? Hans, Bobby, I'm your white knight.
0: I must have missed 60 minutes. What are you saying? The guy upstairs is fucking things up, huh?
3: I can give them to you.
2: Yeah, one of the fun facts I read that I think is probably pretty worthless is that, well, Ellis uh, ad-libbed that Hans (laughs) Booby line. Or, I'm sorry, yeah, Ellis said that to Hans. And uh, they said Rickman wasn't ready for it, so that Look of confusion was was genuine, but I'm like, he's a fucking thespian actor, and what he his line is a question. So right. his look of confusion, or I don't know, gives him kind of a quizzical look. That could have just been him acting. So right,
3: mm-hmm. like the whole speech coming in there is confusing.
1: <laughs> <Like> <laughs> yeah, what do <are> you get to the point?
2: He's pretty <laughs> coked up because uh, yeah. <laughs> he's
1: doing bumps out. Like where all the hostages are. Oh yeah, he did one right oh, before yeah. he went to talk to him. Yeah, like to get up his nerve yeah, or he's something. He's wired as fuck.
3: <laughs> like hardcore. Shortly before that, when you're talking about reading through the story or whatever, the news starts broadcasting there, and uh, Argyle finally sees the the broadcast on his TV <laughs> in the limo, and he just finally realizes that he's locked in the the garage. And he's in the middle of a hostage situation, <laughs> um, and we
2: get another uh, Christmas reference with Argyle watching the, the security cameras, watching the police approach, and he starts doing the "twas the night before Christmas" not a creature was stirring, except, <laughs> and he gives all the positions to the cops.
3: I think he mean Theo. What did I say? He said Argyle. You're oh yeah, Argyle. Confusing the mm-hmm. track characters. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. Yeah. And then they have that LAPD tank, which they used for the uh, the war on drugs, which <laughs> I'm sure was really popular in the, those communities. Yeah, I
2: saw that smashed down Easy E's door in the beginning yeah. <laughs> of Straight Out Compton. Mm-hmm.
1: But it wasn't his door.
3: They drive you know. that sucker in from like
2: five miles away,
3: and they're going about <laughs> 10 miles an hour. <laughs>
1: and uh, what's... Theo calls it an RV. Please yeah, the have them tell an even, RV. What is it's just, that just even a joke.
3: Made. Yeah. Was just, uh, yeah. Okay. He was just
1: doing the Twas the Night Before Christmas. Just
3: shtick. <laughs> he, he was just doing stick.
2: <laughs> he was just uh, shticking it. They put two
4: that RPGs joke didn't in connect it. connect with me.
3: Two RPGs in it. Yeah. Like, like one's not enough.
2: Hit it again. <laughs> yeah. Hans so is ruthless.
3: They were going to put a third one in there but uh, that one dude fucking dropped it. Yeah. <laughs>
2: See had to go back and get it. Leave it, leave it. It's so funny. Er, I should have gotten the audio from those two just bitching at each other. They're just like, er, making all these weird noises <laughs> while they're trying to get in position. <laughs> ah, ah. It was almost Arnold-like. <laughs> so good. <laughs> so good.
3: Oh, man. Yeah, so the, Alice outs uh, John, gives up all his stuff, and then he, he tries to... Go back and forth with McLean uh, on the radio, and he's like, "Dude, we've been friends for years, don't you know?" <laughs> McLean doesn't play along. Yeah, and, and uh, he just lets Alice get shot because Alice is a fucking jerk off. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> he's a dumbass.
3: <laughs> kind of deserved.
2: It. Like the only smart thing he did was not tell him about Holly. Yeah. So it seems like, in his own internal processing, he's probably thinking, "Well, if I tell him about Holly, she'll be in danger." Yeah. But if I tell him about me, I'm not going to be in danger somehow.
3: <laughs> well, I, yeah, I don't know.
2: I know what he's thinking.
1: Yeah. I mean, we're th- all friends. now that
3: you mentioned it, maybe he was thinking, I'll get John killed and then me and Holly, you know, <laughs>
1: probably going to
3: be
2: together. She's
3: going to be in Thinking with his coked me. up
1: head. Yeah.
2: So let's get to the uh, FBI agents. Johnson and Johnson and Johnson yeah agents Johnson and especially <laughs> Special Johnson. Johnson no relation <laughs> if you couldn't tell
1: this classic. I love how uh what's his name the police chief or whatever he goes up to the black Johnson and is like how's it going man like <laughs> totally trying to you know. yeah he could tell he's just in awe of the FBI
0: <laughs> hey bro trying to impress
2: him um so yeah it's cool to see Robert Davi I didn't mention his name in the credits but Always nice to see Robert Davi in, and he was big in the eighties. This is off the heels of the Goonies, so, and he was the villain in, uh, License to Kill, a Bond movie. So late eighties, hmm. he was in a lot of shit. It's
3: just like Saigon, am I right? <laughs> I was in middle school. <laughs> <laughs> he was. Really amped up to get in that helicopter well, a little bit later in the movie. Mm-hmm. You get in the helicopter, get that gun in his hands. He starts having flashbacks. <laughs> get some, <laughs> uh. get some, uh. <laughs> get some. Uh.
0: How can you shoot women and children? It's really easy,
3: you just don't lead them as much. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad that that's one of my favorite scenes from Full Metal Jacket.
2: Yes, you should. Get some!
3: (laughs) (laughs) I just just love how he yells, get some, after every shot. (laughs) (laughs) Have you seen Full Metal Jacket? I
1: have, not in many years, though.
2: So they're they're flying somewhere, and the the gunner is just randomly shooting farmers Mm. as they're on their way there.
3: And uh, the one dude's just dry heaving in the back of the helicopter.
2: Hmm. Get yeah, up, get up! Because his his reasoning was anybody who runs is a VC, anybody who doesn't run is a very well trained VC. <laughs> <laughs> so he's just shooting all the farmers. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Vietnam, that was a fun one, right? Yeah, <laughs>
3: they made enough movies about it. <laughs> yeah.
2: My favorite though was coming home in a body bag.
3: <laughs> I don't think I saw that one. That
2: was the fake movie that they talk about in True Romance. The studio executive. Oh, he that's was the, the one that they're they're filming. Uh, body bags too. Oh. <laughs> they're filming the sequel to Coming Home in a Body Bag. Okay. That's right. <laughs> it's Christian Slater's favorite Vietnam movie, up behind Apocalypse Now.
3: <laughs> oh, Fun did fact: Do we talk about when John McClane drops the bomb and yells, "Geronimo, motherfucker"? <laughs>
2: Oh, yeah, he takes out... Like, how does he know that it's not going to, you know, destroy the building? You know, have a I collapse? I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's pretty ballsy.
3: I'll ble- just use one stick. <laughs> it, yeah. It blew out a a good
2: chunk of the lower portion of the building. See, then the 9-11 truthers would tell you, no, that building should have fallen. Because <laughs> <laughs> it blew out the bottom. Of course, that was about... It was pretty near the ground floors, maybe like the fourth floor, fifth floor. Well, it should have fallen over sideways, not collapsed
3: on top of itself. Right. That would be what the truthers say. (laughs) (laughs) Should have gone sideways.
2: (laughs) Even though it starts falling down from the top instead of the ground. That's why I never really got into that one. I was like, well, I know it kind of fell straight down, but it started falling from the top. What about Tower Nine? <laughs> it's Tower Seven, I think, is the oh. is the little the one that fell on its own. The smaller building that they either collapsed or imploded themselves.
3: Allegedly,
2: allegedly. <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: Trying to get to the oil.
2: <laughs> 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 oh man. Um so FBI agents take command of the siege, ordering the building's power shut off. This, as Gruber anticipated, disables the vault's final lock. Gruber demands a helicopter on the rooftop for transport, but the FBI prepared to double cross him by sending helicopter gunships.
1: So they had a generator, like a backup generator in the building, right? Cuz the lights come back on. Wouldn't Emergency it, lighting. Wouldn't it seem like the vault would be like the first priority? To you know, get power back to it.
2: There was a small delay, though. And plus, I think that's mostly for just for the security. It was like a computer lock, pretty much. It was a there was a physical lock, but it was being controlled by the computer. So you cut that Some off. Right, yeah. interrupts mm-hmm. it because they had basically drilled through the other six locks. Mm-hmm. Okay. So McClane discovers that Gruber intends to detonate the explosives on the roof, faking the deaths of his team, so they can escape with the Barry Bonds. While making final preparations, Gruber sees a news report by intrusive reporter Richard Thornburg that features McLean's children and deduces from a desk photo that McLean is Holly's husband. The criminals order the hostages to the roof, but Gruber takes Holly with him to use against McLean, who in the meantime defeats Carl in a fight before heading up to the roof, killing Uli in the process. Uh, He sends the hostages downstairs just as the FBI appear and starts shooting at McLean, believing him to be a terrorist. Gruber then detonates the explosives, destroying the roof and the FBI helicopter, while McLean jumps off a roof to a floor below.
1: The FBI had pretty good reason to think that he was a terrorist. <laughs> yeah. It seemed like such a bad idea. I'm like, why are you shooting a gun into the air right in front of all the hostages? <laughs> yeah. While, yeah. He was while to... the FBI is showing up with you know these armed He thought he only had a matter of
2: seconds, which he did.
3: Well he didn't think they were, he didn't know they were coming to shoot the terrorists with the helicopters. He thought yep. they were gonna yeah, I guess. be transport for the hostages, so he was trying to get them to fly away. Yep. Yeah. Fly away. Yeah, because he did only have a matter of seconds. So yep. It was probably to scare him all like get the fuck out of here. How yeah. about that news reporter just busting in to the McLean house? Oh, Strong arm and the, the maid. Just threatening yeah. to call INS. <laughs> like, yeah. So are you telling me that? Holly Gennaro is currently employing a a illegal immigrant as the maid of her
1: children. That's just how things work in L.A. (laughs) Because why else? I
3: suppose, you know. Her husband's a cop, though. Things (laughs) things happen, and, you know, INS might take you away whether you're here legally or not. But, Mm -hmm. you know, you're in charge of protecting those children, and you should probably not just let the... Newsman and a camera crew come and start interviewing your (laughs) five-year-old, you know, that you're in charge of.
2: Come home. (laughs) Your
3: parents are going to die. What do you think? (laughs) (laughs) Because
2: he tells the maid, this may be the last time the kids ever talk to their parents. (laughs) Like, well, they're not saying shit to their parents. Oh, man. They're saying it, but they can't talk back. Um, so, I think Gruber just heard, you know, mom and dad come home. So, he's thinking, okay, parents. I think we jumped ahead a little bit, though, right?
3: Because this was all after Hans met up with uh, McClain and he played like he was a hostage. Yep. And then uh, when they were having the shootout and they shot all the glass so McLean would cut off his feet. Yep. All things being equal, I'd rather be in Philadelphia. <laughs> Why Philadelphia? Because it's a shithole. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> it's always sunny there. That's though, so nice that's, weather. that's the joke. It's like Philadelphia is such a shithole. I'd rather be there than here right now. Okay. Yeah,
1: there were a lot of lines in this that just I don't know, like what what eighties references. <laughs> yeah,
3: obviously, so being from New York, you you hate Philadelphia.
2: I guess. So, uh, let's meet Bill Clay. This is uh, Hans's alias when he's talking to McLean. Even though McLean's already got him figured out, but right here's their convo, or part of their convo, I should say.
0: You smoke? Yeah. (laughs) Thanks. You don't work for Nakatomi. And if you're not one of them. I'm a cop from New York. New York? Yeah. Got invited to the Christmas party by mistake. Who knew?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Better me call your pants down, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm
0: John McClane. You're, uh, Clay. Bill Clay.
4: Now to use a handgun, Bill
0: spent a weekend at a combat ranch. You know that game with the guns that shoot red, pink? Probably seems kind of stupid to you. Well,
2: time for the real thing, Bill. All you gotta do is pull the trigger.
0: and give me my detonators. Well, well, well. Hans. Put it down now.
3: It's pretty tricky with that accent. You ought to be on fucking TV with that accent. But what do you want with the detonators, Hans? I already used all the explosives.
0: Or did I? I'm going to count to three. Yeah. Like you did with Takagi. Oops. No bullets. You think I'm fucking stupid, Hans? You were saying? See,
2: so yeah, that leads into... The shoot the glass moment, which I should take back that TV dinner as the number two most famous line. It's probably shoot the glass Probably mm. the second most famous line from this movie.
4: Yeah.
1: Did you guys read the fun fact about glass?
3: Uh, about the upcoming M. Night Shyamalan movie?
1: <laughs> no, not that one. Because <laughs> that's fun and that is a fact. Yeah, it is pretty fun. <laughs> Are you going to share it with us? Sure. Here's a fun fact wanted to you know just build, build up some stuff. suspense but <laughs> apparently they spent like hundred thirty thousand dollars on glass for this movie because mm. they broke so much mm. Yep. i read
3: <laughs> i read that they made uh rubber shoes that looked like bare feet for bruce Willis to wear <laughs> no
1: way it's kind of cool it makes so he could
3: so walk with walk in the glass without actually cutting himself
1: I remember watching that scene I'm like is this real glass Because it looked Like it didn't look like You know the fake Easy to break Mm -hmm. Shatter stuff Looked like real glass Yeah Who
3: knows David Arquette would have taken it (laughs) (laughs) He's doing that kind of stuff These
2: days
1: (laughs) What are you talking
3: about
2: David Arquette Damn near got killed In a (laughs) wrestling death match Last week or a week before. Yeah.
1: Why did he do that? How yeah. old is he now? Nina's like 50s probably? No, like late 40s. Probably in his 40s, yeah. Hmm. But they were like smashing light
2: bulbs on each other, like big Flu- Oh, ones. yeah, that sounds terrible. And yeah. then there was something else too where he ended up getting cut on his neck and was
1: bleeding a lot. Hmm. Like it was near the jugular type of deal. Yeah, yeah. that sounds very dumb. Yeah. Isn't the is stuff it- inside fluorescent light bulbs really Bad for you too. It's a mercury.
3: But, uh, is it? they they got mercury and all. Mm. I don't know. It's pretty common in that type of wrestling. Oh, is it? Yeah. David David Arquette, former WCW World Heavyweight Champion. Mm.
1: <laughs> you know, I was gonna ask you a wrestling question. I listened to a podcast today about uh a guy named the exotic Adrian Street. Sure. You know him? I
3: I didn't I don't know much about his wrestling but he was in Grunt the Wrestling movie which mm-hmm. Eric has uh had in his <laughs> possession for about 6 months now. I think I there? remember
1: you mentioning that. But yeah, they interviewed him. Sounds like an interesting guy.
3: He's still alive? I think he's dead, isn't he?
1: No, still alive. Hmm. The Marino. <laughs> yeah. You're not thinking of the other Adrian wrestler guy, are you?
3: I know Adrian Adonis is dead Yeah that guy I just kind of assumed Adrian Street was dead too well,
1: pretty sure I looked him up He was
2: very flamboyant
1: Yeah That's That's what I hear <laughs> <laughs> Alright
2: Back to Die Hard um, They shoot the glass Gets his feet all cut up And so he Calls up his old buddy Carl Winslow And Asks him why he's pushing papers
3: Yeah this is an interesting story
1: It's funny how much they bond over that Over the intercom or whatever.
0: <laughs> Hey pal You got flat feet? What the hell are you talking about man? Something had to get you off the street What's the matter? You don't think jogging papers across a desk Is a noble effort for a cop? No I had an accident. The
3: way you drive, I can see why.
0: What'd you do? Run over your cab and flew the car. I shot a kid.
3: He was 13 years old. Oh, it was dark. I couldn't see him. He had a ray gun look real enough. You know, when you're a rookie, they can teach you everything about being a cop except how to live with a mistake.
0: Myself to draw my gun on anybody again. Sorry, man. Hey, man. How could you know? I feel like shit anyway.
2: Well, at least you didn't shoot a 13 year old kid to death. I,
3: I couldn't bring myself to draw my gun on anybody else. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. <laughs> I'm poor, so sorry poor to hear Carl. That. I couldn't see him so I shot him yeah. They don't teach you that in the academy They don't teach you to you see what gun. You sh- They don't t- teach you to see what you
1: shoot Yeah it's weird they, ma- they make him such a sympathetic character Oh that poor guy killed a kid oh. <laughs> Like he's the victim Yeah exactly. <laughs> What was that kid doing out there with a ray gun
3: In the middle of the night Like, Could you imagine the spin if they spun it that way today, or like, this poor cop, he killed he that 13-year-old and now he can't draw his gun on anybody else. <laughs> and he's got to stay in the office and he can't live his dream of
2: working the streets. Because that exact scenario has played out, you know, numerous times over the past decade or so. And even like in broad daylight, It was, wasn't it in Ohio or Cleveland?
1: The kid at I the know park. That's in Ohio, but oh yeah, it yeah. was in,
2: a, in the parked car with a toy gun, I believe.
1: Oh, he was just standing around in the park. I think, and the cops drove up and just shot him.
2: Yeah, somebody
3: called in like, "Oh, there's somebody with a gun at the park," and it was like a twelve-year-old kid, or might mm-hmm. even be younger. Oh, but than he that.
1: looked way older. I mean, this kid was <laughs> <Yeah>. huge.
3: <laughs> but the cop, the cop pulled up, and he just got out of his car and he shot him. Just like within seconds of pulling out of his car. Yeah. And then he's like, oops.
2: <laughs> yeah. And um,
3: an accident. <laughs>
2: I'll just go sit behind a desk. <laughs> yeah.
3: Like, you know, no need to suspend me. I'll just take the desk job. Yeah. Yeah. But there,
1: it's, it, personally, I think it's scary how many people there are that do actually sympathize with the cop in that situation. Mm-hmm. Oh, The kid shouldn't have been so big and holding something that looked like a
2: gun at a park. That's why I get... Kind of freaked out around Halloween time because I never really pick a costume that has a gun because I'm not going to be walking around with a fake gun downtown. Like I don't care where I'm at. That's why I guess I'd have to be out to like a like a friend's place out in the country or something. Yeah, I wouldn't be walking around the bars with that gun. I know some places say you can't take fake guns in. Hmm. Some places have rules like that, but walking around the streets. I mean, if you're right. with a group of people, and they might, yeah. I mean, if you're wearing a costume, but then how they're how are they supposed to? Criminals could just get smart and start robbing <laughs> shit on Halloween. Right. Yeah, dressed like, up oh, look, like woody. Oh, those <laughs> are, oh look, it's the nuns from the town. Great movie. Then <laughs> <laughs> they actually rob them. Yeah. Well, you get those
3: those uh, dummies that paint the orange tips black.
2: Yeah, you know, those idiots.
3: The fake guns gonna have orange tips on them. Yeah, and they just paint them black, and they, go, oh, look how real it looks. And then you get shot, and it's like, <laughs> well, yeah, it looked real. Yeah, good, good for you. It but was
2: dark. It looked real enough.
3: A ray gun. I wonder what a ray gun looks like in the eighties.
2: <clears throat> yeah, I don't know.
3: Toy guns were a lot more common back then too.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like cap guns I used back, to love cap guns back growing back up. In the day They actually had A gun that made Very loud bangs So, <laughs> so like if you're A cop at a distance You're like Holy shit What's going on over there Were
1: mm-hmm. they louder than usual Blanks
3: No Well they didn't have Cell phones to confuse For guns back then <laughs> Either So a gun was a gun mm-hmm.
2: Let's go back to the story here
3: I think we uh, The next series of events we already covered
2: yeah. uh, Theo retrieves their getaway vehicle but is incapacitated by Argyle a weary McLean finds Holly with Gruber and his remaining and, and his remaining men Eddie and Kristoff after knocking Kristoff unconscious he confronts Gruber and is ordered to surrender his machine gun McLean does this to spare Holly but distracts Gruber and Eddie allowing him to grab a concealed pistol with only two bullets taped to his back McLean shoots Hans and kills Eddie with a single shot to the forehead. Gruber crashes through a window but grabs onto Holly's wrist, specifically her Rolex watch.
3: Yeah, fancy.
2: Uh, Gruber raises a pistol and attempts to shoot them, but McLean removes Holly's wristwatch and Hans falls to his death. Sure did. Outside, McLean and Holly meet Powell. Carl emerges and attempts to shoot McLean, but is shot dead by Powell with his police revolver. Argyle crashes through the parking garage door in the limo. Thornburg arrives and attempts to interview McLean, but Holly punches him before uh, she and McLean leave. What? I thought McLean punched him. No, it was Holly. No, she was. But Holly punches him uh, before she and McLean leave the area with Argyle. In the limo. Yep. As
3: planned.
2: With the teddy bear
3: carl would doing the 80s uh resurrection routine yeah after being <laughs> hanged by a chain yeah because oh, that, that was
1: carl yeah i didn't carl, realize was, oh I, yeah it didn't even all, occur to me who that was
3: like carl spends a whole fucking movie like i gotta kill this guy he killed my brother and then
2: when he finally gets his chance he doesn't fucking kill him yeah well he gets mclean gets the upper hand he wraps that chain around him yeah it's yeah it's funny because when they, the
3: like he could have shot him like five minutes before that though but he's like i gotta make this guy pay and yeah Serge trying to punch and kick oh, him. he's a big dude carl's a big dude he's like just fucking kill him if you want to kill him kill him
2: and uh when mclean gets the hostages to run back downstairs they all pass by him and they're like oh my god they're screaming <laughs> right so carl's hanging there a good while he's
3: pretty high up too he's probably a good 15 20 feet in the air yeah. So was
2: he not dead I just assumed maybe The chain just wasn't Allowed to yeah. tighten enough Well and I When they know. cut
1: away from him It looks like he's Pretty passed out Yeah Like yeah, That I, would cut off The blood flow to your brain And you would be dead
3: Yeah, yeah He looked like he was gone
1: Yeah But
2: You gotta have One last scare mm-hmm. Even though it's not A horror movie <laughs>
3: <clears throat> But that last exchange Between uh, McLean and Gruber Was Was pretty good too Yep I think that's your last clip Right
2: Yep, that it is. So that's what this is all about? Fucking robbery? Put down the gun. Why'd you have to nuke the whole building, Hans?
0: Well, when you steal $600, you can just disappear. When you steal $600 million, they will find you, unless they think you're already dead. Put down the gun. Jesus, mine. You got me. Still the cowboy, Mr. McLean, Americans, all alike. Well, this time, John Wayne does not walk off into the sunset with Grace Kelly. This Gary Cooper asshole. Enough jokes. You made a pretty good
3: cowboy yourself, Hans.
0: Oh, yes. What was it you said to me before? Yippee-kaye, motherfucker.
2: <laughs> they have a good long laugh about
1: that. Yeah. That was a good one, Hans.
3: Is there a specific movie he was referring to? Do you know?
1: With the Hippie kaye?
3: No, it's a uh, Gary Cooper and Grace Kelly. Mm,
1: um
2: right. <coughs> I forget, you just have to look it up. Or is
3: suppose. that just like a they did a bunch of movies together that ended that way.
2: What? Well, let's put it this way. They did at least one together. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think they did uh, several. I mean, Gary Cooper's a very famous Western star did. Yeah. I don't know how many fucking Western movies.
1: Looks like the movie is High Noon.
2: Oh. Yep, I thought it was one of those.
1: 1952.
3: I've seen that, I don't remember it. Yeah. I think they just wait for the guy to come in at noon. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much the whole movie. Is yeah. it
1: noon yet? God damn. <laughs> Where's that guy?
3: That's that's pretty much it. <laughs> They're like, Oh my god, is he coming? Is it oh, it's only eleven thirty seven. Got twenty three minutes. That was a pretty good fall up for Hans. It was a pretty good job.
2: Yeah, they uh and they did the stunt they dropped um Alan Rickman before they said they were going to, so he looked more looked like it was like a genuine shock.
3: How far did he actually fall
2: though? I think uh I read that for the stunt they had him fall seventy feet. Okay.
1: Hmm. That's a pretty then, big fall.
2: Yeah. But then of course, you know, they had, a, they had a some sort of dummy that
3: It looked pretty good.
2: Yeah.
3: Well they did a they did a a wide shot of it.
1: I hope that's not one of the hostages. <laughs> <laughs> they
3: didn't care. The police were so incompetent. The only
1: time
2: Dwayne Robinson shows concern. <laughs> we're going to need some more FBI guys. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs>
3: oh, yeah. Uh, so Carl comes back to life, right? So he's just And Carl of, Winslow's
2: got to redeem himself.
3: And he finally...
2: Complete the arc.
3: He finally redeems himself. And is able to pull his gun on another person. <laughs> 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 he shoots. That's so
1: Carl. weird. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> the cop can finally pull his gun on people again.
3: <laughs> that was uh, that was heroic quality back then. Is yeah, the ability of a police officer <laughs> to shoot people. <laughs>
1: so <laughs> so heartwarming.
3: Take the law into your own hands. Oh, man
1: so bizarre to think about now. <laughs> well, McClane's been getting in on it the whole movie,
2: so Winslow's been fe- feeling left out.
3: John McClane's a cold-blooded killer. <laughs> like, I think he might actually be a, like, a mass murderer. Mm.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, did he single-handedly kill every single one of those terrorists except for Carl? Although, you know, he knocks out that right
2: before he comes upon Gruber at the end. Mm-hmm. He knocks out... Uh, What's his name? Uh, Kristoff. He was the guy holding the bear bonds. He's like, ugh. He drops all the bear bonds everywhere. Sure. And he doesn't go back and like put one in his head. So, But they don't ever show that character again. Mm. So maybe he'll get arrested or I don't know.
3: (laughs) Maybe. You could just say he's a hostage. We'll take his word for (laughs) (laughs) it. There is a pretty high body count. Yeah. They killed multiple hostages. Although... Alice, nobody gives a shit about Alice Yeah,
1: screw that guy
3: Actually they don't show Alice getting shot On screen so like for a minute There I thought it maybe it was a fake out
1: <laughs> Fake out Do you just hear the gunshot when it's focused like On McLean Yeah, through oh. the
3: radio And then uh, So I thought maybe it was a fake out And then they cut back and there's a giant hole In the back of Alice's head <laughs> I think McLean wanted him to die I think he wanted Alice to die.
2: Well, the he
3: did not play along whatsoever.
2: Yeah. Well, he's not going to tell him information about himself.
3: But he he even denied the knowing Alice. Like Alice is like, oh, we've been friends for years, blah blah blah, and McLean's like, what are you talking about? We just met tonight.
2: Because he knows like, that they're going to use that against him. You're too on kill him John, because he me. thinks they're because Gruber thinks they're friends. Oh, he killed him anyway. Tell him you me don't know me. <laughs> I don't know, you guys ready to get into fun facts or you got something more you want to add?
3: You can do fun facts. Sure. I don't know how many I got, but... Hey, everybody,
1: here's some fun facts.
2: So, original script, as in the original novel, the action took place over three days, but John McTiernan was inspired to have it take place over a single night by Shakespeare's A Midsummer Night's Dream. Which I kind of find that one a little iffy, but... I guess I can kind of see it, but this was, uh, like you said, this was kind of based off of a novel. Um, And there was a movie based off of it starring Frank Sinatra called The Detective.
1: I thought that was a different novel by the same author.
2: So it was like a a series of
1: the same character. Yeah, so it says... uh... Because contractually
2: they had to offer the role to Sinatra to Sinatra who was right. in his early 70s and he's like yeah no and like they knew he would turn it down Yeah, but I guess they technically had to offer it to
1: him so, oh okay so John McClane was a character in the book The Detective which was a previous book by the same author and uh, Sinatra had played the part of John McClane in that movie according to this website I'm looking at
2: uh, some of the Fun facts, I kind of saw talked about how this was supposed to be a sequel to Schwarzenegger's Commando. But uh, the guy who wrote the script, uh, D'Souza, he's denied it. Uh, he said he wrote the script as if Hans Gruber were the protagonist. He said if he had not planned the robbery and put it together, Bruce Willis would have just gone to a party and reconciled, or not, with his wife. You should sometimes think about looking at your movie through the point of view of the villain who is really driving the narrative.
1: Interesting. I also read that uh, Alan Rickman said that he wasn't playing a villain. Like, he, when uh, as he was acting, he wasn't thinking of him as a villain. He was just a person that made certain choices in life and, you know, ended <laughs> up pursuing a different kind of path, I guess.
2: See, that was how Reginald Vel Johnson treated his role. He was like, he's just a guy who had a couple accidents in his life and just, <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: I had an accident. Cause he, it's funny because he's smiling when he says, I had an accident. Like, <laughs> I had a whoopsie yeah. <laughs> a few years back.
3: The, Reginald L. Johnson got typecast as the friendly cop in pretty much every role he took after this movie, too.
1: Yeah. Yep. I got a fun fact about, or did you have more to add? No, you can go. Okay. Next. I just had this, uh, so there's this list of fun facts. They talk about how Fox charged itself to use Nakatomi Plaza because it was, you know, owned by Fox.
2: Fox Plaza.
1: Yeah, um, but they didn't really mention why. Like, I'm sure you know how Hollywood accounting works, right? And why studios like charge yeah, all their different divisions for everything that they do
2: because they want to say like it costs this much to make. We're not making any money off of this movie. That type of shit?
1: Well, yeah, the the thing that I heard is that it's about like making it look like on paper they didn't make any money at all yeah. so that they can promise people points like, "Oh, you'll get a certain percentage of our, you know, net income from this movie." Yep. And then they say, "Oh, we didn't make anything, so here's your 50 cents."
2: <laughs> yep. It's creative accounting. Yeah. Yeah. And uh I'm sure it helps when they have to pay taxes on the on all the profits.
1: Yeah, I'm sure.
2: Uh, but yeah, they're always find ways for pretty much any movie that's released. They try to make oh we're in the red on this. Mm-hmm. Look at all the marketing we had to spend money on, and look at all the production costs. How are we making any money? Like oh the movie only made you know or the you know, only made as much as it costs to make. But then it's like it doesn't take into account like you know home video release, streaming, mm-hmm. and things like that. It's movies are constantly making money mm-hmm. even if they are kind of shitty and not big money makers. They're still It's not like once a movie bombs, it stops making money. Right. Or at least providing revenue. Not that all movies do create a profit, but most do. At least Mm -hmm. in the long run. Mm Mm-hmm.
3: A lot of studios make stinkers just so they can lower their tax bills. Just write it off. So apparently Diana James, who played the dispatch supervisor in the film... Appeared in Die Hard 2 as a stewardess aboard Holly's Flight. Probably because she got fired for being such an asshole to John McClane on his emergency call. (laughs) Makes sense. I assume it's a different character, but I like to think that's why.
1: (laughs) I have a fun fact about the title. Um, When it was translated into different languages, they kind of came up with funny ways to keep the meaning. So in Germany, it was called Die Slowly. In Greece, they called it Very Hard to Die. In Norway, Action Skyscraper. (laughs) In Poland, it was The Glass Trap. And Hungary's is the best. Give your life expensive.
3: (laughs) John Travolta was considered for the role of John McClane. But 20th Century Fox wouldn't allow it because jo- Travolta was considered a has been at the time.
2: <laughs> that was just before uh Look Who's Talking.
3: Yeah, this is uh Travolta and Bruce Willis were in Look Who's Talking, Look Who's Talking To and Pulp Fiction.
1: Hmm. So he kind of had a comeback in the nineties, huh? Like, like as a kid, I thought that was kind of his heyday.
3: Yeah, usually People say Travolta? Pulp, Pulp yeah. Fiction yeah. is the one that resurrected really, his career. Yeah, hmm. brought him back. Then he started making shitty movies again.
2: Yeah, because in the late '70s, early '80s, he was pretty fucking popular. Saturday Night Li- or <laughs> Saturday Night Fever was a huge hit. Right, right. Had a sequel. He was an Urban Cowboy, a bunch of stuff, and then I mean, he was in Carrie as well. Right. Welcome <laughs> back, <laughs> Connor. Grease was early '80s, and that was a big hit. Yeah. Or late 70s? The 70s. Late yeah.
1: 70s. I guess I didn't realize there was a point where his popularity waned for a while. I yep. think
3: it was the sequel to Saturday Night Fever kind of... Staying alive. Kind of stained his career. Hmm. Yeah.
2: He brought it up to me at work that, ironically, Bruce Willis sneered at for being an all-American hero uh, by the head German terrorist is actually more German than most of the villains. Mm-hmm. Al Rickman was English, and Alexander Gudnov, who was uh, Carl, he was Russian. Bruce Willis was born on March 19th, 1955 in West Germany to an American father and a German mother. And A Good Day to Die Hard was 2013. Just to clarify, so that's five years ago. Hmm. The
3: This, like every other movie, is included among the 1001 movies you must see before you die edited by Steven Schneider. Ooh. See that on
2: every trivia section of IMDb. Here's a real fun fact, that teddy bear is the director of trademark. Trademark. Uh, the same bear is seen at the end of The Hunt for Red October. Also John McTiernan.
3: Uh, IMDb does have the fun fact about Ice Cube sampling. See mm-hmm. if there's a black and white that can do a drive-by. It's on his album, The Predator.
1: Well, this list I'm looking at has a lot of fun facts that just seem really lame and kind of meaningless. Kind of like that one you read one time, Brad, about how these all these actors had the same, like, first letter of their name or something. What? Like, uh, huh? Huh?
3: What? Uh-huh. Huh?
1: I remember you said some movie we were talking about. There was a fun fact on IMDb about, like, actors having the same first letter of their name or something dumb like that something is not interesting at all i
3: have to go back to the archives i don't remember
1: so this fun fact says the glass in the feet scene was originally way harsher and then they go into detail basically just saying okay so they they took out a sound effect because they decided it was too much like in the production of the movie that's just such a minor decision you know like oh that's too much let's take out that sound effect And then it's like, oh, this is a fascinating fact about the making of this movie.
2: (laughs) Uh, Roger Ebert was one of the few critics to give this a negative review. The main reason he did was because he hated the character Chief Dwayne Robinson. He said the character was unnecessary, useless, dumb, and he prevented the movie from working. He did like the sequels and later changed his opinion. Because Die Hard is fucking baller.
3: Didn't Roger Ebert write Beyond the Valley of the Dolls?
2: Yeah, that's also a satire, though.
3: Oh, I see. And a sequel. Well, I know it's not technically a sequel. Well, well, not a sequel, but so I, you know, I don't know. Take that into account when thinking about Roger Ebert's reviews of other movies.
2: You can get hey Beyond the Valley of Dolls. I think that's on Criterion Collection.
3: I think I saw it on TCM.
2: Yeah, I have it. I just haven't watched it yet.
3: It's decent. Strawberry Alarm Clocks in there. What? In Sands Pappermiss. Um, I don't know where that song goes. Okay. Strawberry yeah, Alarm yeah, Clock. Yeah, the
1: band. They were in uh, Austin Powers 2.
3: I don't know. The one dude was in uh, Left Strawberry Alarm Clock and he played guitar for Leonard Skinnerd. Mm-hmm. And they all hated him because he's a heavy from California. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Any more fun facts, guys? Here's another one that I feel is questionable. So you always hear for movies is like oh all these these other actors were considered for this role Like, what does that really mean did they call them up and offer the role to them or what i'm imagining is closer to the truth is they're just sitting around like the casting people are sitting around like who sh- who would be good for this role and they're just throwing out names and then all of a sudden that's like the fun fact of all the people they considered you know it yeah well, so... i mean
2: it's basically everyone who was working for fox at the time so like schwarzenegger from what I gather, it was mostly Schwarzenegger wanted to focus on comedy at that point and broaden his appeal. Mm-hmm. His twins came out. That was a good idea. In like 88? That was a good idea. Good call by him. 89 or something like that. So he went and did twins basically instead and then of... He never,
3: and then he never went back to action. Because <laughs> he was doing so hot <laughs> in the comedy market. <laughs> Kept doing those movies with Danny DeVito when Danny DeVito was... Still kind of serious, but yeah. trying to be funny. I can't. I don't know. It's hard watching Danny DeVito for me in anything but Always Sunny because that's always how I picture him now. And <laughs> like everything else, he seems way too smart and serious, mm-hmm. even when it's supposed to be comedy.
1: So you found something that said Schwarzenegger was considered? Yeah. Because huh, this... said
2: it was supposed to be the Commando sequel.
1: Oh, right, right. Well, well got, this list I have doesn't even mention him.
2: Yeah,
3: I I saw, like, Pacino and Michael Madsen and oh. De Niro. This one doesn't <laughs> have either of those people either. I, IMDb had a, probably at least a dozen different people. That's
1: what I'm saying. They probably just wrote down a whole list of actors that, you know, they could possibly choose from, and then, I don't know. But I may, guess I may as well read this list. So Clint Eastwood, we mentioned Sinatra. Richard Gere, Robert De Niro, I think you said De Niro, right? Mel Gibson, Harrison Ford, Burt Reynolds, Richard Dean Anderson were apparently considered for the role. I'm sure
2: Mel Gibson was from uh, Mad Max Films. I think I saw Mm -hmm. Don
3: Johnson was there. Yeah, Miami Vice was a cop. I think maybe both the Miami Vice guys were.
2: Here, we better get this fun fact out there. The, uh, The nude photo that Bruce Willis sees and touches... Uh, the centerfold that John McClane sees and ultimately uses as a point of reference while navigating his way from the elevator shaft to the air vent is that of Playboy Playmate Pamela Stein, November 1987. Another Playboy Playmate, uh, May 1982 star Kim Malin, uh, has a small role in the picture as the hostage who was originally discovered by terrorists having sex with another partygoer. And a third... July nineteen eighty eight Playmate of the Month, Terry Lynn Doss plays the woman at the airport who runs past McLean to hug another arriving passenger. So just full of playmates. There it. you go. Hmm.
1: Oh, you you just say the the girl that runs to hug yeah. another person? That was a playmate? Yeah. Huh.
3: California. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> and these days I mean, in the eighties that was probably rare to see a girl wearing like skin tight legging sort of things but that's like just normal fashion these days mm-hmm. don't have to be in California to see that anymore
3: yeah but they don't all look like her
1: that's true the girls in California they had songs written about them
2: just one or two alright I think that'll about do it any other pressing matters gents
1: nope
2: no alright I'll be looking out for Christmas vacation next week followed by Gremlins 2 the week after, hopefully. So we got a busy couple of weeks coming up. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at WatchThisUnderscoreMovie. Email us at WatchThisMovie at Yahoo.com. Check out our website at WTMWatchThisMovie.com. And please rate and review and subscribe on iTunes and or Stitcher. We will check you later. Yeah.
0: All right, check you later. Bye. Wait, man, why are you
1: always such a dork, man? What are you talking about? Check you later. (laughs) Check you later.
4: (laughs) Hey, man, you off my case.